sitting down and letting somebody else preach for a while. It sounded to me like he was doing pretty good. The book of Ephesians chapter 6. What an incredible week, weekend that our men experienced at men's conference over the last few days. And you're going to be hearing about that, no doubt, over the next few hours. What God has done, there's been healing. There's been many people get the Holy Ghost. Yes. There's been mighty moves of the Holy Ghost that changed men forever. Amen. And we're just privileged to be a part of it, Brother March. Yes. Amen. Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, we're going to be talking about <clears throat> the strength of the Lord, but in particular, we're going to be talking about prayer. And so I want you to uh, read these verses with me and pay attention to the verbiage, pay attention to the words that Paul uses speaking to the Ephesian church. It's very important that we get this before we dive into this lesson this morning. Ephesians chapter 6, starting with verse 10, it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. You ought to be strong in the Lord. Amen. Can somebody say amen to that? You ought to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle, everybody say wrestle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world. Yes. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. And he goes on to say, and because of this, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And then he caps it off with this, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen. Now I want to back up just a little bit to verse 12. This is very important this morning. It says, I want you to notice, it does not say that we battle against flesh and blood. It does not say that we are in a war or that we're not in a war against <clears throat> flesh and blood, but it says that we wrestle not yes. against flesh and blood, but against principalities. Now, when it says wrestle, that makes me think of something more personal. It's not just 
a whole big group of people against another big group of people, but it's individual battles that are going on between one-on-one -on -one people. It's a wrestling match. It's right. a fight. Amen. And it's not just something that you can stand back from and say that you are uh, omitted from this fight. It's a one-on-one -on -one thing today. Come on. We're fighting against principalities, and you are not exempt from that. Right. And it says it's not against flesh and blood. In other words, the real battle in this world is not against people. It's not against things. Although sometimes you may feel that way. But really, it's against principalities, it says, against powers. And then it really sums it up and says the real fight, the wrestle that you are going to have is against the rulers of darkness of this world and spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, I'm going to explain to you real quickly just exactly what Paul is talking about. These spirits that he's mentioning, this is, he's talking about evil spirits in high places, evil things, principalities. And this is not just in the New Testament that we read in our Bible. He's talking about today. These things are spirits that throughout the Bible and even today were worshipped as idols. And so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to kind of back that up with some scripture. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 20 says this. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that ye should have fellowship with devils. Now, I think we can all get together and agree on this. We ought not to have fellowship with devils. Amen. Everybody on the same page with that? Amen. We ought not have fellowship with devils. That's right. However, we're going to wrestle with these things. Yes. We are not here to make a compromise with these things. We're not here to get with them and make a deal. Well, if you leave me alone, you can have that. We are here to wrestle with these entities. And Christians have been, if you, if you live for God, have been filled with the Holy Ghost, have been baptized in Jesus' name, you are removed from the authority of these spirits. They don't have authority over you. You're now under the authority of God. However, it does not stop us from the possibility of interacting and wrestling with spirits. That's right. Matter of fact, it almost guarantees you're going to encounter spiritual fights. It's going to happen because the lieutenants and the generals of this evil force that we are fighting recognize that we are the resistance. And they want to stop what God is doing. Come on. And so you today, without I'm not here to frighten anybody, but you have a target on your head. That's right. Yeah. Amen. 
You have a target on your head today in the spiritual realm. And there are principalities. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. Maybe, you know, you think, well, in this world physically, nobody's really out to get me. I don't really have much uh, strife with anybody. And I'm kind of a low uh, entity in this world, you know. Uh, powerful people aren't trying to fight me because of who I am. Maybe you feel that way. It's probably true for most of us. We don't have just a whole lot of power uh, in uh, carnally, physically in this world, but when you become a child of God, all of a sudden, you're recognized as a resistance and a power that's got to be stopped. That's right. It's got to be slowed down. It's somehow got to be hindered to where we're not covering so much territory for the kingdom of God. You are recognized today as a force against darkness. And so, in that, it almost requires that we are going to be in conflict with evil things. Right. We're going to. And that's really what we're talking about today. I'm just going to give you a disclaimer. Over the next few moments, I'm going to make some statements about prayer that I've felt really strongly over the last 48 hours. And it may make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. That's okay. Because God is leading us into spiritual warfare. Yes, he is. Amen. It's not an option. It's not, um, it's not something that you're just going to be able to stand back and let the people who are stronger in their relationship with God go about in spiritual warfare. You're going to be on the battlefield. Come on, brother. The question is, are we going to participate or not? And the effect that that then has on us. Right. God is calling us to a higher mode of prayer. Yes. And this is not Brother Ryan talking out of his head this morning. This is something that the ministry in this church mutually feels. More than just the ministry. It is something that God is leading us into. We started a course. And God chartered a course in prayer for this church some months ago that has changed everything. Yes, but it's not the will of God that that's where we stop. And if we are going to claim promises that he has spoken in this room and to people in this room, if any of that's ever going to come to pass, we have to be willing to make war. Yes, amen. Are you with me this morning? Yes. Come on. Here's the deal. This scripture talks about the armor of God. And it says the whole armor of God. You cannot miss one part of it. you got to have the whole armor of God. Right. The whole reason that Paul used that analogy is because when he wrote the letter to the Ephesians, he was sitting in jail, in a Roman jail cell. And no doubt, as he sat in this jail, and he was being afflicted by spirits of this world that placed him into that jail to stop his ministry, he looks outside his cell, and he sees a Roman guard that is dressed in all the get-up. He's got a helmet. He's got a breastplate. He's got a sword. He's got a shield. All of these things. And it strikes Paul in his mind that these people that I'm writing to that are fighting spiritual battles, 
They have to be armed as a soldier because a spiritual battle is ever more serious than a physical battle. Amen. Now, let me ask you something, and you answer this honestly. If you were in the military today and there was a huge war, say World War III just broke out, and you're in the military, you're about to go on the front lines, and you know that, tell me how silly would it be if you walked onto the front lines of that battlefield without a single weapon. And you just waltz onto the field. Rest assured that enemy is well armed. And you do not have a helmet. You do not have a shield. Today it'd be weaponry, guns, ammunition, tanks. You walked out onto that field wearing the clothes you're wearing this morning. No weapons. You're going to last about 0.25 seconds. That's what's going to happen. Because not only are you out there with no weaponry, but they are going to see that and recognize that this is an easy target that can be eliminated from the start. Let's go ahead and get that one off the battlefield. Now, if it's that way physically, when we step onto the battlefield of this world and there is principalities, there's spiritual darkness in high places, can we really step out onto this battlefield without any of this weaponry and expect to make any sort of a fight? Can we expect to not be harmed? Hang on a minute. Can we expect for our family to be untouched? Come on, brother. Can we expect for our health to be untouched? Mm. Can we expect our mind to be in good condition? Can we expect to be courageous? You walk out onto a battlefield without any weaponry, you feel courageous? You're already being attacked. And all of the weapons that God has put at our disposal cannot be left behind when we walk out on this battlefield. Right. And I'm just going to tell you what the number one weapon is this morning. That if you don't wield this weapon, and I'm not talking about every once in a while on Tuesday night when we gather here. You better have a weapon of prayer that's Amen. been honed. I'm talking about a weapon that's been cleaned and oiled up and ready to go. If, if it's not just a Tuesday night thing, it's not just a Sunday morning thing or a Sunday night thing, this has to become a lifestyle. Well, somebody help me out at this point. I'm going to tell you, it's got to go beyond the walls of this building. Yes, amen. That's what God's calling us to. And I understand, and I'm totally on board with the fact that Tuesday nights is some of the power, most powerful moments we have in this church. And, and I love it. I love it. And, and you want to experience God, and you really want to have prayer, you need to be here on Tuesday nights. But it's got to go beyond that, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, it does. Because really, this is not the battlefield. 
We gear up. We hear preaching that changes us. We have moments in this altar. But before I even come out here to teach this morning, I pray that every spirit that can come into this place will be drove out. They're not going to affect you here, okay? Because it's prayed before you ever come in here that there's no distraction, there's yes. no evil spirit that's going to hinge on anybody as the words preach so it can be received right. That's prayed before you come in here. You ain't got to worry about the fight in here. But when you walk out there, you better not leave your weapons in here. That's right. Where the principalities are at. Where the spiritual wickedness in high places is at. Because you're walking out onto a battlefield unarmed. There's got to be prayer constant. Somewhere. Somewhere. I just feel a burden for this this morning. There's got to be a moment where we have a change. Where it's not just when it's an obvious time that we need to pray. It's got to be. This is what I do. This is where I live. The prayer is, is, I have a prayer life. Yesterday, when we come home from men's conference, I hope this is okay, baby. I'm going to share it. You can kill me later if you want. And the men are doing their thing. You know, I ate a, about a five-pound burger yesterday, praise oh, God. Yes. And we're doing our thing. And, and then... I'm stupid enough to think that I can eat something like that and all the fries that come with it and then uh, ice cream and then Brother March buys us ice cream again and I think that I can eat all this and drive home from Little Rock wide-eyed. No. And so we're driving home and I got about as far as I could get and I said, Brother March, you're going to have to take the Jesus, take the wheel. Amen. <clears throat> But we come home, and there's a few of our ladies that uh, have come to the church, and they've got a perm, you know, and one, somebody doing perms, whatever, you know. <clears throat> and, and so they've got their perm and everything. Well, Sister Kirsten, at some point, this solution that is in, you know, that they do this perm, it's, it's toxic. Yeah. It's dangerous, you know. You can't ingest it. While we're putting something like in our hair, I, I can't explain that. Whatever, that's a story for another day. But, so it's toxic, right? And you don't need to ingest that. And at some point, Sister Kirsten got some of it on her nose or something of that nature. I don't know the whole story, but she inhaled a bunch of it. And she started having trouble breathing, coughing. And she felt like it wasn't right with her lungs. And so she got pretty scared by that she's very worried and I come home and 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 you know we had to figure out what we was going to do there and we were trying to figure out you know if this was serious or not and this whole time I didn't realize well I, I mean I do realize but I wasn't in a place mentally to do it brother March called us on the phone and he did the right thing he said, we're going to pray. We're talking about whether we need to go to the hospital or not. And Brother March calls and says, we need to pray. That needs to be our first step. That's right. That's right. That's right. Hello? Yes. That needs to be the first thing we go to. Amen. I understand things can be serious, but we serve a serious healing God. That's right. And that needs to be our first step. And we're going to pray that he does heal. 
And then if he doesn't, we'll take steps beyond that. But our problem is maybe we don't have enough faith that he'll do it in the first place. We need God to increase our faith today. Preach it, brother. Yes. Come on. I know this is some deep digging right now. But I'm telling you, this is where God's leading us. Yes, amen. We need to have the faith in order to pray that God will heal. When it's time for instead of just popping the pill, we need to pray, Lord, I need a healing. I'm not speaking against doctors or medicine or anything like that, but we have to have the type of faith in us to at least pray. Yes. When there's an opportunity. And those opportunities extend beyond prayer meetings. Amen. And beyond church services. Now, when we are here, I'm going to throw this out there. I'm just feeling a little bit spunky this morning. I hope this is okay. But we need to hit the prayer rooms whenever we have the chance. Can I have an amen? Amen. You'd be amazed at how it affects the service. You want to have some good church. You wake up uh, before a service and you think, man, I want to have some good church this morning. I hope you do. If you do, I'm going to tell you the first step. Get them prayer rooms hot. Yes, amen. You do that and see what God does. Amen. 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 And he's a healer and we need to look at him as that. If we, if we don't pray that God will do it, do we really look at him that way? That's right. Let me tell you what happened this weekend. The spirit is moving in the tabernacle on the campground. And the Holy Ghost has fallen in this place. Mm -hmm. Powerful message has been preached. And at some point in this altar call, Brother Gaddy, our district superintendent, stands up and grabs a mic and says, I want every young minister under the age of 40 to come up to this platform. And so everybody started making their way up there, the young men, and just filled that platform up. And uh, he turned and he said, these young men right here are going to see greater things in this movement than my generation ever did see. Now, whether you believe that or not is your thing, but we just had a series that says the greatest revival is just ahead. Amen. It's going to happen. Yes, it is. I believe it. I don't know about you. Yes, it is. But he said, if that's the case, these young men have that kind of faith. We're going to allow them to minister to us. And so he turned us loose and he said, if anybody needs a healing in your body or you're praying for something, I want you to raise your hand and I'm going to send these young men out and they're going to pray for healing. And so that's what happened. And we went out and just started praying for people. And I laid hands on two or three people and I'm making my way down the center aisle of the tabernacle. And, and I'm going down through there. And all of a sudden, there's this big fellow, taller than me, wider than me. And he's making his way toward me front head. I mean, he's coming quick. And I'm like, you know, okay, bud. I don't know whether you want prayer or you want me to fight you. <laughs> Better be careful. And he's a middle-aged man. And he come up to me and he said, I need prayer. And I said, okay, what can we pray for, brother? And he said, I feel as over the last month that I am extremely lethargic. Like energy has just been zapped out of me. And I, I can't even hardly get up, it feels like, to mow my lawn or do things around the house. Work is just drudgery. It's horrible. 
He said, I don't understand. It's like all of a sudden a month ago, somebody just leaked all the energy out of him. He said, I don't know what it is. And he said that he had brain damage at some point in his life. He don't know if that had anything to do with it. But all this is happening. He said, I want God to give me energy again. And he's looking around at all these people shouting and things. He's thinking, I wish I could do that, you know. And I said, well, here's what we're going to do, brother. We're going to lay hands on you and pray for you. And it may not be right now. But when you feel God put that energy in you again, I want you to worship like he did it. Give him praise like he put that in. Use it for what he made you for. Okay? He said, okay. Okay, brother. And I laid hands on him. There's a couple of young men around him. And we all laid hands on this man. And I, you could hear it when he prayed. Just slurred speech. Slow. Weak. It, it was horrible, you know. And we're praying. And, and I pushed past that. And we started praying in authority. You know, praying in the Holy Ghost. Praying for healing. And all of a sudden, it was like his voice changed. And he was praying louder and more powerful than anybody standing there. And everybody that was praying just kind of moved back. And I leaned into that brother and I said, sir, you just got healed. <laughs> and he started jumping up and down and people started worshiping. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what, we've got to have faith that God can yes. do these things. We got to be willing to pray when the time is right. Amen. There's people who are experiencing spiritual wickedness in high places, and all that they see is the physical realm. They see that their kids aren't serving God. They see that people that they know are struggling with drugs, and they have problems with, with everything going on in their life. They don't understand that it's a spiritual war. That's right. That's right. There's principalities. And things that have taken hold. They've made walls around people. Families. Generational curses. In our community. Yes. And we are on the battlefield with all of that. And they just see the physical. The symptoms of what's going on. Right. And they don't understand that it's a spiritual battle. But when you yes. and I can see those things and we know that it's a spiritual battle Amen. and we encounter those things and you can have discernment in the spirit to know this goes beyond just a sickness this goes beyond just an addiction Amen. and you know that that's there you better have a weapon on you right. it better be honed up and what I'm preaching today is our prayer has to grow it's got to grow is anybody on board with that this morning it's got to grow. Does anybody want your prayer to grow? How many would like for God to turn you into a mighty prayer warrior? Amen. Come on, you really? Hey, we hone our musical skills. We hone our sports skills in this world. And people spend hours of their life on it. Why not hone up a prayer? Right. Why not fashion this, this weapon to function the best it can when we step out there where those principalities are at. There's a book, and I've, I've not even looked through one page of this note, Brother Marsh, God help me. Amen. There's a book that you can read that uh, <clears throat> to some it's frightening, 
But it's, it's a powerful book if you read it the right way. It's by Frank Peretti, and it's called This Present Darkness. And Sister Kim's already shaking her head because she knows what I'm talking about. Frank Peretti is a Southern Baptist pastor. He's a writer. And they believe much of what we believe. And you can get this at a Christian bookstore, This Present Darkness, based off of this scripture that we read this morning. It says, principalities, the rulers of darkness against of this world, spiritual weakness in high places. Some scriptures uh, in other translations translate the rulers of darkness of this world. They translate this present darkness. That's where he gets the title from. And the whole premise of the book, it's fictional, but it's realistic is that there will be a chapter and it's all about this town what's going on in this town there will be a chapter where something will take place somebody uh, gets robbed or somebody a Christian gets persecuted in their community somebody speaks out against their faith or something like that and you see what happens in that chapter and the next chapter it reenacts it in the spiritual realm and what you then read is that there are angels above this Christian who are fighting evil spirits on the people that are persecuting them. And by the time you get to the end of the book, you see a picture of the war that's going on in this town. Amen. And it's a fact. You see people who have addictions, people who are struggling, people who have all these problems. But if you look beyond that, they're being troubled and there's ground that has been taken by principalities and spiritual darkness in this world. That's what we're fighting against, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. And the whole idea is that this church fights back against that. And there is a spirit there's a prince over this city that has overtaken spiritually people. You know that in the record, there is a prince that we are fighting. That's right. Amen. And he has others that are under him that are overtaking people, overtaking people in drugs, overtaking people in lust, overtaking people in all these things. And he's orchestrating it, doing the bidding of Satan. And he understands that this place that you find yourself in this morning is a hot spot for everything that they are fighting against. He wants to tear down everything that's going on in this church, in this congregation. And you cannot expect not to be attacked by those types of things and those spirits that resist what we're doing. But we've got to gird ourselves up. We have to hold up our prayer. We've got to go beyond what we've done and pray and pray. And the scripture says, not cease praying. Verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. You ought not to stop praying. Amen. And I understand you cannot pray every minute of every day. At some point, you've got to eat brown beans before bread. I'm not going to stand up here this morning and ask you every minute of your life to pray. That's unreasonable, unrealistic. That's not what that scripture is saying. Paul did not expect those people to pray every minute of every day. He was not doing it himself. He was writing this letter. But what that means 
is that there is a culture in your life to where you have a continual talk with God, a continual relationship to where it's not just at the church. It's not just before you eat your food. There's a continual conversation. You know that that's a pipeline for the power that God's placed in you. Amen. When you pray, if you don't pray, if you, you can't expect to fight some of these things. I'll tell you that right now. You will have no power. The disciples looked at him and they said, how come we cannot cast out this spirit of the man that we've seen you cast out of? And you know what he said? Come on. These kind cometh not out. But by but by prayer and fasting, we face a battle this morning. We face a war this morning and a, a wrestling. Ladies and gentlemen, again, it is not just a great fight. It's individual. I know this is heavy this morning. I know this is maybe not what you expect when you come in here, but nonetheless, this is what God has led us into. It is a personal thing. And I don't want to see anybody left by the wayside because they left a weapon down. Amen. Brother, sister, I want to get alongside you in prayer. Yes, I want to lift you up and us get closer to God together. We've got to take up some arms. We, 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 we've got to move in this thing and allow God to equip us because this is a battle that we're fighting. Amen. How many would love to see some spiritual wickedness that you faced in your family be cast down? Yeah. Amen. And all of a sudden, because of prayer, the symptoms are then gone and they're no longer addicted. Yes. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Sometimes we're too busy worrying about how to get rid of their addiction, all this other stuff. We don't understand if they get full of the Holy Ghost and somebody will pray and pray in the Holy Ghost over them. Things will change. Yes. They don't have an option but to leave. Amen. We don't fight against flesh and blood. It's principalities and spiritual wickedness. Don't let this scare you this morning. There need not be any fear in this house. Because we serve a God who he's going to step up one day when even the Antichrist has claimed power over everything. And he's going to stop down his foot and say, no more, you are not God. You cannot claim power over everybody. This is my word. I've created all of this. Amen. We serve the great master today. And he's given us power. He's given us power. Behold, I give power unto you to fight against everything that you'd encounter. Yes. Amen. If you got the Holy Ghost this morning, mm -hmm. there is nothing that has power over you. That's right. There's nothing that has power. Every spirit, every prince, the prince of the city is scared of you. That's right. And he sent out things. If you've felt spiritually attacked, even mm -hmm. this week, or in the last few months. That's alright. That just lets you know you're doing something right. That's right. We've had people in this church. Spiritually attacked. Yes. Within the last month. Yes. Within the last week. And the reason for it. Is because there's a realization. That what is here. Is more powerful. Than what is with them. That's right. Amen. 
we're going to win this war. Yes, we are. Now, the question is, are we enlisted in this war or not? Have we taken up arms or not? I don't know about you. I want my prayer to be stronger than it's ever been. Yes. I want to pray longer than I pray. And, and how about this? It's less of an issue whether you pray more as it is if you pray fervent. Because there's times when you can pray for five hours and not cover any ground because you've moseyed around. But if we pray fervently. Yes. Is anybody getting help this morning? Yes. I mean, I mean yes. do you feel spoken to this morning? Yes. Amen. God's forming up an army. Yes. He's forming up an army. I don't want to miss out on the war. I don't want to not be armed. I don't want to be exposed. Would you stand with me this morning? His intention, his intention is that we would make war. Spiritual warfare, it's not a game. We're not playing in a sandbox today. This is, this is a very real thing. And if we're not careful, if we're not ready for it, it could catch us off guard. But there's two things, and I mentioned it last week. There's two things. If you'll do these two things and don't fail about it, you're going to be powerful and you don't need worry. The first thing is you need to make sure every day, every day that you are full of the Spirit. It can't just be every now and then thing. How about this? If you hadn't spoken in tongues in a long time, it's probably time. We need to get full up. And the tongues ain't the goal. That's just the evidence of being full of the Holy Ghost. You better make sure you are. You get that. And number two, you develop a prayer life that scares the devil. Amen. That's what we need. Amen. That's it. We don't need a wimpy prayer life. That's right. We need something that's formidable. Something that's going to change things. Brother Verbal Bean, one of the most mighty <coughs> evangelists in the early Pentecostal movement. I think he died in the 1970s. Tragic car crash, too. He spoke once teaching on prayer. He said that we do not pray because we have not seen the effects of prayer. And we've not seen the effects of prayer because we've not learned how to pray. Now let me turn that around. If we will pray, we will see the effects of prayer. Yes, we will. And if we see the effects of prayer, we'll want to pray more. That's right. Amen. Amen. So this is my challenge to you. We're about to make a commitment to God. And we're going to tell God, Lord, I'm going to pray stronger. I'm going to have a better prayer life than I've ever had before. And when we make that commitment, what God is going to do is he's going to show the effects of prayer. And then we're going to pray more. 
Yes. And all of a sudden, we've created a force. Yes, Lord. We've created a force that the principalities don't know what to do with. They can't handle it. It's the last thing that they wanted. Amen. The effects of prayer. Would you lift your hands right now? I want you to talk to God right now. We're not going to pass through this moment real quick. We're not going to fly through this. We're going to take a moment and talk to God right now. Lord, we're going to make a commitment right now. I challenge you, make a commitment to God. Make a commitment to God. Don't let it just be...